what the Fed is and is not concerned about, because this is where the money is. Hi, fools. Financial analyst Michael Douglas here uh, with our senior banking specialist, John Maxfield, all the way in from Portland, Oregon. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's, it's great to have you back, Michael. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, for listeners and viewers, I, I just got back from Disney World. I've been uh, water loading to try and flush all of the salt out of my system from those delicious pretzels. Um, anyway, so uh, John's actually about to go on vacation. Italy, right? That's, that, that, is, that is true. My first vacation since uh, my wife and I had kids, so we're, we're really looking forward to it. Absolutely, and and what a vacation to kick it off with. All right, so let's let's keep. We're going to keep this uh, quick and breezy. Um, definitely want to want to send you off on vacation in a in a good way. Uh, so let's talk headlines. The first one is from our friends over at Bloomberg News. Yellen aims to mimic Greenspan on jobs, avoid bubble misfire. Um, so the Federal Reserve signaled uh, late last month uh, that they might be willing to push unemployment below the so-called natural rate, which is basically the lowest rate of unemployment at which inflation remains stable. Um, now, at present, the unemployment rate is about 6.1%. Uh, the natural rate of unemployment is estimated right around 5.2%. Um, so in, in doing so, they'd be, if they push it below that 5.2%, they'd be following in kind of Alan Greenspan's footsteps. He once pushed unemployment down to 3.8% following the bursting of the tech bubble in 2000. So um, one of the big concerns, of course, is, well, if you're going to push unemployment rate down below that natural rate, you're going to end up probably increasing inflation. Why is the Fed not concerned about that, John? So to your point, Michael, there is a traditional inverse relationship between inflation and unemployment. So as unemployment goes down, your inflation goes up. And the reason for that is relatively simple, because the more people that are employed as a proportion of the overall population, that creates more demand for the same amount of goods, because goods, you can't increase manufacturing as quickly as you can increase, say, jobs. So that so you have all this demand for the same amount of supply, therefore the prices go up. Right. Well, Yellen and the rest of the Federal Reserve right now isn't as concerned because even though that uh, kind of headline unemployment number is in fact going down, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that that number isn't truly representative of the health of the unemployment or of the employment market in the United States right now. Right. That's, you can see that in the uh, labor force participation rate, which is just the percentage of people in the United States that are actively employed or looking for jobs. And that's come down from 67% at the height, and I think that was in maybe 2006, down to 62% um, currently. So you, you take all those people out of that, of that labor participation force, which means that they're not actively looking for jobs. And those numbers are not being reflected in the unemployment rate. Um, but they're still not increasing that demand for goods. Well, right. And, you know, you've got, as you noted, underemployment. You've got people who got discouraged and left the workforce. So that, that makes a difference. Well, and, and the other piece to me is uh, when you look at the uh, consumption expenditure price index, I mean, inflation was 1.6% in July. So, um, you know, the Fed's goal has been, uh, I think, around 2%. Uh, inflation. So, you know, they're actually currently below that. Uh, and so perhaps a slight increase in inflation wouldn't be the end of the world. So a little bit of inflation is absolutely not a bad thing. What we're concerned about is when you're having massive amounts, that I'm talking like your double digits, or even like 8, 9, 10%, or what we had in the late 70s or early 80s. Right. But 2%, 3% inflation, 3.5% inflation is really the sign of a healthy modern economy uh, and deflation when right. prices are actually going down. 
is the sign of, a, of, of an economy that is having a large amount of problems on the demand side. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when, when, I, when I look at the inflation rate, I'm like, you know, that I mean, a little bit higher really doesn't seem like a huge concern. Of course, the other concern that people have spoken about is there is a belief that Greenspan's pretty easy monetary policy helped lead to the housing bubble, and some of them have, some folks have equated that a little bit with the stock, with a, a perceived bubble in stocks, valuations getting a little bit stretched. Um, what, why, why is the Fed not being so concerned on that side? Well, so when you're looking at the Greenspan era, it, it is a valid argument that dropping interest rates down to, at the, at the time, historic lows did contribute to what was going on in the housing market, or that maybe ignited it. However, it was maybe a necessary element, but not sufficient. You had a lot of other things that were much more nefarious that contributed to it, um, to, to that whole housing bubble. Well, right now, there's a, there's a big concern that a similar thing is going on in stocks, because right we have the S&P 500 at historically unprecedented levels, and that's even compared to the internet bubble and the bubble we saw during the housing market. And the Fed is basically coming out and saying, look, that this isn't as big of a concern, even if we compare it to that bubble in the housing market. And the reason is this. In the housing market, the, the price of houses were pushed up by mortgages, which, which are loans made by banks to individuals. Right. And so when that asset bubble popped, all those loans went bad. So those banks had to stop lending. So it basically brought credit to a halt. When you bring credit to a halt, that basically brings your economy to a halt. Well, in the stock market, it just looks like we have really expensive stocks right now. Right. There's no indication that all of these stocks are being purchased on margin. I'm certain, I'm sure some of them are, but it's not to the same extent that houses are. Well, and let's face it, a lot of the banks have gotten a little bit more conservative with their balance sheets since the uh, financial crisis as well. So um, I, I agree with you. I think that these, these concerns are probably a little bit overblown. Um, okay, well, good, good to hear. Uh, good to good to know kind of where things are there. Uh, all right, so let's turn to our uh, our next story uh, the, from our friends at the Wall Street Journal. Fed questions bank maneuver to reduce hedge funds dividend taxes. Something apparently the Fed's a little bit more concerned about. Um, so the banks are at it again. The Wall Street Journal has reported that federal banking regulators are beginning to investigate how the world's biggest banks are helping hedge funds reduce their taxes. Um, the strategy's been called dividend arbitrage, and it's basically, you know, supposedly you can help reduce taxes on dividend payments from 30% down to 10%. The savings are then split between the bank, um, the hedge fund, and you know, whoever's helping with that arbitrage overseas. So first off, walk us through this process. How are these hedge funds reducing their taxes? So what it sounds like, Michael, is that the largest banks are using their primary brokerages mm -hmm. to help their biggest clients, uh, which in many cases on the trading side are hedge funds, mm -hmm. uh, to reduce their taxes, like you said, on their on their dividends that they're receiving because of securities that they own. And, and basically what the banks do is they'll take, let's say, hedge fund A owns shares in Corporation ABC, and Corporation ABC pays hedge fund a big dividend every year or every quarter. Well, the bank will then take that those shares in that corporation and transfer those shares to a subsidiary or some other type of corporation in a jurisdiction, a different country, that has a much lower dividend tax rate. Mm -hmm. And after that dividend is paid, they'll transfer those shares back to the hedge fund client. And by doing so, they're saying that they can reduce, like you said, the, the dividends, uh, the dividend tax by upwards of 20%, from 30% down to 10%. 
an interesting strategy to say the least. Um, what banks are involved? Yeah, and, and just to be clear, I mean, this is a legal strategy, right? I mean, if you look at taxes, this doesn't it 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 doesn't seem to look very good, particularly when you see what's going gone on with banks over the last ten years. But this is most certainly legal. And when you look at tax laws in general, it is completely okay for advisors to do everything that's within their legal power to minimize tax liability for a client. Right. Of course, whether then the regulators will then get more involved is, I think, probably a, probably a separate question. But but which totally banks, different story. Yeah, <laughs> and and we'll definitely have to see what they do. Um, which banks have been involved so far? So the the bank that was pointed or that was called out in the article itself is Bank of America. Mm -hmm. But there's reason to believe it. It sounds like this is a, a relatively standard practice on Wall Street. Sure. And if that is the case, you can assume that uh, your your other large banking houses, your J.P. Morgan, your Citigroup, um, and maybe even like your Goldman Sachs and, and your Morgan Stanley are are doing the same thing for their clients. Yeah, and it's not a small business either. I mean, Bank of America made what I think 1.3 billion. Uh, uh, or sorry, one point uh, one point two billion from two thousand six to two thousand twelve. I mean, so it's a potentially pretty lucrative business. What do you think? It's Is a real. It, yeah, it, it's a it's a really lucrative business. And if you go through, if you look at if you look at the big banks and if you look at their revenue relative to their assets, what you'll see is your Bank of Americas and your Citigroups have very little or, or relatively little revenue per dollar of assets. Mm -hmm. And so when you have when you have you know, an activity like this that generates, to your point, a relatively significant amount of revenue for a bank that is having revenue issues, they're going to look uh, long and hard at getting out of that business um, so long as it's not illegal or upsetting the regulators. Right. All right, so John, no one has a crystal ball. No one knows the future. But just in your personal opinion, think the Fed's going to crack down on this? Well, that's a, that's a good question, and that remains to be seen. But what we know is that the regulators definitely have a lot more power right now than they mm -hmm. traditionally did, and that's in large part a result of the public backlash following the financial crisis and the Dodd-Frank regulation. So it'll really depend on whether they have the, the interest in really pushing these things through um, before that power shifts back to the industry at some point. Sure. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's a good question point, a good call, and you know these are definitely both issues, both the, the, um, the jobs inflation issue on the one hand and then things like dividend arbitrage can be things we're going to want to watch very closely. Uh, thank you very much, John. Uh, folks, just want to let you know, uh, you know, here at The Motley Fool, our mission is to help the world invest better. Um, we do that in a lot of ways, including this podcast, this video, the articles we publish on Fool.com, and through investing services like Motley Fool Stock Advisor. Um, this is our flagship service run by David and Tom Gardner, our co-founders, and Tom is our CEO. Uh, over more than a decade, their recommendations in Stock Advisor have more than tripled the market's return, uh, which is certainly better than... Uh, well, Bank of America can say, for one. It's the best way to get started investing, and we've got a special offer for where the money is listeners. Just go to WTMI.Fool.com. Again, that's WTMI.Fool.com. Thanks much. John, thank you very much, and Fool on.